It's time to go full speed ahead with Michael Kelly. Each week, we take you inside all the big sports stories at USF from the perspective of the man who oversees the program, Vice President of Athletics, Michael Kelly. With today's show, here's your host, Derek Sharp. And welcome to the 2023 new and improved version of Bull Speed Ahead. Derek Sharp with Michael Kelly. And we took a couple weeks away from the show. I don't know, uh, before we get into a lot of current events that are going on, was there anything that was keeping you occupied in December? Were you busy <laughs> searching for a new head coach or anything like that? Yeah, obviously for us going through our search and uh, ultimately being able to uh, recruit and attract uh, Coach Golish to come join us here at USF was a major, major uh, opportunity, and we're so glad that we have him. And since then, he's been working nonstop, obviously not only putting and assembling together an extremely uh, strong staff, both uh, in terms of coaches and in terms of support staff, but uh, – but also working really, really hard on on the recruiting end. So we obviously got a number of great young men uh, signed right before signing day. And as we prepare right now, as we speak, uh, in the midst of official visits that are going on now and over the course of the rest of this weekend, uh, because in this world of the transfer portal, um, it's the NCAA has basically opened up a whole another weekend that we're in, embarking upon. It really just deals only with college transfers that are that are happening right now. So we'll huh. have a, we'll have uh, a number of. Uh, people here that are already here in, in Tampa to kind of uh, help us continue on our recruiting class for this next coming upcoming year. One of the things you said during uh, the press conferences and the media situations was that he he hardly spent a, a minute off the phone. Has it calmed down at all? It doesn't sound like it. No, I, I think <laughs> in talking to his wife Alexis, I think that <laughs> she was able to keep him uh, focused on the family, certainly on yeah, Christmas, Christmas Day. Yeah, but uh, but uh, beyond that, it's been. Uh, uh, he's very dedicated and wants to, obviously, he's proud of the staff he's assembled and now, now very eager to uh, uh, continue to uh, to put together the right roster for us to move forward. I saw him speaking to uh, donors and certain members at the uh, indoor performance facility last night as we're taping this. So let's go ahead and transition into that. We'll get into what's happening next week, but we ha now have a naming right to it. Speak about the J.D. Porter situation and how it came about. Yeah, it's, we're just so excited about this this building. Obviously, you're right. We, we were able to get into it uh, a little bit in November in a limited way for our team to be able to train the last couple of weeks in it, and that was great. But since then, been able to put some more final touches, get the right type of full occupancy. We actually have the keys now, <laughs> uh, so it's been uh, been great. And, and so to embark upon this 2023 year, was such an exciting uh, opportunity in terms of the grand opening surrounding the uh, IPF is really, really great. And as you mentioned, um, you know, in light of that, we, we know it was a $22 million facility. It took help of many uh, to kind of make that become a reality. And uh, the lead gift of the entire thing is the naming right to the facility. And that's the, uh, as you mentioned, the J.D. Porter and his family that uh, have, have provided uh, the naming right sources to, to be able to build that. So it's it's awesome. We're very grateful to him, the uh, you know major real estate developer in the Pasco County area. Right. He's he and his family have dedicated a lot of things to the charities th throughout the Tampa Bay community, but in particular at USF in terms of a lot of research for the study of Alzheimer's and things has been a bit important part for his family. But uh, he's got a real passion for athletics uh, and believes in the vision of what we're trying to accomplish and knows how important the IPF was to kind of help us move forward in that vision. So to have uh, JD uh, step up and that was is, is really fun. So it is officially called the Porter Indoor Performance Facility. And as you mentioned last night, what was nice is we're going to have our grand opening next week, which we'll talk about here in a minute, that everyone's invited to, all of Bulls Nation. Uh, but we were able to give a little bit of a sneak preview to those donors that provided at least $10,000 or more to the facility to kind of make it a reality. As I said, JD uh, Porter being the 
lead gift on that with 5.1 million, uh, and then a whole team of others that again anywhere from 10,000 to the 5.1 million that kind of help make that a reality. Uh, some of the cool things that you'll see when people come into the building of some other major name things in there. There's the uh, it's called Savage Field, the field itself, and the, and the Savage family. Uh, it's a great family uh, name Jay and a name James, for a really field. Cool yeah. name field. So when you think about Savage Field at the Porterhouse, it's a pretty <laughs> it's a pretty cool pretty cool thing for establishing champions. And so we're very grateful to the Savage family, the uh, Horton family in terms of Oscar and Miriam who have done so much for us. The the observation deck, and the viewing deck that's uh, that's in the facility is named after the Horton family and. And before you even walk into the building, the new plaza that you, that uh, kind of greets people as you walk in is the uh, Darlene and Michael Charles uh, Plaza that uh, for a major gift that they made in conjunction with the, with there. So, again, ton, there's a whole wall full of people that provided, uh, again, ample resources to make it happen that I hope everyone takes pause when they come into the building, take a look at and to be able to thank each and every one of them. But uh, those lead gifts that I've just kind of mentioned today in terms of the Porter family, the Savage family, the Hortons and Certainly the, uh, the Charles family have all uh, been instrumental for making this a reality. Well, I did not realize it until you just told me about the Charles situation. I assume that the uh, opening is in the shape of his beard. But well, we have to add some enhancements to the signage, I think, to make okay. the beard come fully. Okay. Th- and he and I talked about that last night, so we'll have to work on that. But uh, it's, it's a really nice way to enter the, that facility with that type of uh, uh, plaza entering into it. I knew a little bit about the Porter family, but you don't have to give the full history, but I, I, it didn't just pop up recently. It's not like they just recently became uh, benefactors of this community. Right. I mean, they essentially settled Wiregrass Ranch in Pasco exactly County. Right. It, it, it's not like it started with J.D. It's it's an amazing situation. Yeah, his whole family for generations has been very, uh, you know, just great landowners and real estate owners of property up there in the, in the Pasco area and of you know, gradually started to develop it and, and obviously preserve some of it too, but <laughs> it's just been a, uh, so it's been obviously a long, long time history for them to be in this community, but to, uh, to really have them, this is their first major, major gift as it relates to athletics. Uh, as I mentioned, they've talked, they've helped other aspects of the university before, but uh, he does have a passion for athletics. He's been at games many, many years, but to uh, have him, again, get involved with this transformational project is huge, and we're very appreciative of his support. Outside of the naming rights and everything that's uh, to be with the facility and, and all the benefits of it, uh, when you've talked to Coach Gullish about it, I'm sure you know him coming here, that, that was a little bit of part of the inducement and something that he could look forward to uh, knowing he had in his back pocket. But what has kind of been his reaction and some of his new you know, coaches' reactions about having this incredible facility up and running? Yeah, I think uh, they kind of pinched themselves a little bit because it's so nice to, to see and, and – uh, uh, obviously, uh, he's been at a number of different places, and and as in my some of my past roles, as I've mentioned before, I've probably seen about a hundred of the 130 FBS institution facilities, and I can assure you, there's not none better as it relates to the indoor performance facility mm-hmm. than ours. It's a it's first class. It's a, it's it's a full field. It's got safety precautions with the right type of sideline space. It's got natural light coming into it. It's just a beautiful, beautiful facility. So I'm very proud of it. I know Coach is very proud of it, and all of our coaches are. I can't. Uh, can't wait, and that kind of leads it on. I mean, it's all designed for, uh, again, both symbolically in terms of the progress and the investment that we're making as, a, as an athletic department, but more importantly, for the, the, the times that we're in, to have the first-class facilities to be able to not just uh, attract student-athletes, but mainly, to, as, a, as the name says, to help them train and perform to uh, be at the very best, to help us develop the champions that, that we expect. And, and now we can do it. No matter what the weather, we can do it uh, to be extremely efficient with the t- limited time that our student-athletes have with the 
rules the way they are today and to make sure we maximize it in every, every way possible. And you'll find when you go into it, the turf is absolutely the best you could possibly have. Our, our facility staff did a great job selecting that. And uh, for those that aren't elite athletes like our bulls here, it's it, it when you just step on it and run, it almost makes you feel like running. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it's uh, very conducive to uh, the kind of training that we want. So we're excited about what it's going to mean now in terms of uh, attracting student athletes, but we also know what it's going to mean in terms of developing the champions that we all want to become. Now, you just mentioned the turf and how when you step on it, it makes you feel like an athlete. Uh, people can actually, well, will they be able to actually stomp on the turf, as it were, <laughs> and tell people about this grand opening situation? Yeah, our grand opening is going to be on uh, Tuesday, which is uh, January the 10th at 9.30 in the morning uh, is when we're going to start. And uh, obviously the, the main the main event, uh, the, the main folks that are going to be in there are student athletes. This building is for them, so we've invited each and every one of them. <laughs> They're all excited about it. Uh, you know, and then obviously we've in, we're inviting all the Bulls Nation and the community that's interested because we know people have made investments in that, not just the major donors I spoke to before, spoke of before a few minutes ago, but obviously some folks have made anything from a $1 donation to a $10,000 donation, donation as well. And so to have all of Bulls Nation feel welcome to come and check it out and uh, next at the grand opening uh, on, on Tuesday morning is going to be your chance. So I, I genuinely encourage folks to come out at 930 January 10th and uh, – Come celebrate the uh, ribbon cutting, if you will, and the grand opening of a great facility. We're going to have uh, uh, certainly Chairman Weatherford and President Law will, will be at the event and speak. And, and uh, uh, I'll have Coach, uh, Coach Golish and Coach McCord from our lacrosse program that will be major speakers. And from a student-athlete standpoint, even though they're all be in, all 500 of them will be in, in, in present. Amazing. Uh, but uh, we'll have Gary Bohannon, our quarterback, uh, uh, speaking, and, and Michaela Washington, the head of our SAC uh group and prominent volleyball player so they'll be able to speak from a student athlete perspective so again for training for events like this just to it's just a wonderful facility and we can't wait to celebrate with bulls nation on tuesday morning sounds like you said 9 30 is when it starts you might want to plan on getting yeah, there a little, get little bit earlier. before 9 30 yeah check that it out yeah get out there a little bit earlier than that so <laughs> i i gotta ask i know i'm sure people are thinking of this uh is this going to be a place the answer is probably no but i gotta ask uh where events could be held that are not USF events or right now we just focused on the student Yeah, you know, that's a fair question and it's something we're just going to have to evaluate over time it's certainly we got to keep the focus on USF because uh, you know certainly for the student athletes and then events that like these grand openings next the week after that the inauguration for uh, the president will will be there and so we're going to for certainly this first year we're going to be very only focused on USF oriented okay. events and once we get a feel for what that uh, means and entails then we can further evaluate what that might mean for other outside events and then the last question that pertains to specifically the grand opening. I assume there's going to be room for that many people. You mentioned I every so. single athlete. Yeah. <laughs> what's what's the what's the capacity? Have you thought about that? We're, we're, we hope to we hope to reach the limit of the fire okay, of, the, okay. of, the, of the fire code. We'll have all safety precautions met. But uh, yeah, I'd love to see a great crowd there, and I know we will have that. Excellent. It's a great celebration. It's a great milestone for the University of South Florida. Um, we're so looking forward to that. Again, that's Tuesday. Starts at 930, but make your plans to get there well before that, as yours truly will be. We'll try and sneak away to get it live on USF Bulls Unlimited while we're at it. Now, that's not all that's going on. We're right in the midst of basketball season. I was doing some planning for baseball and softball. That's about to get started. There's a couple sports that get started in between, so a busy time here at USF, and we'll sort of focus on that and concentrate on a specific aspect of it that people might not know about when we continue on Bull Speed Ahead, presented 
by TGH. When it comes to complex orthopedic care, Tampa General Hospital's Orthopedic Institute performs the region's most complex orthopedic surgeries. More procedures means more expertise and superior outcomes. We're named one of the nation's best for knee and hip replacement surgery by U.S. News and World Report and named top 50 in the nation for orthopedic surgery. Tampa General Hospital, other hospitals practice medicine. We define it. Full Speed Ahead with Michael Kelly continues. Great to be back. Full Speed Ahead with Michael Kelly. And wow, of course, since last time we talked, there have been a lot of significant basketball games that have been played. I was out in San Diego with my duties for USF Bulls Unlimited. It was just so exciting to see them go up against a team that's, as we're recording this, still undefeated. Gave them a major scare talking about Ohio State and then beating another top 25 team in Arkansas. It's, it's incredible. Their schedule is basically not compared to many teams in the country. So they're doing well. Men's basketball had a five-game winning streak, just a couple of really down-to-the-wire games to start off conference play on the wrong side, but still you can see the competitiveness there. So I'd say the major situation, if there's a home game, come see both teams. Yeah, Tampa Bay's home for hoops. We always, always stress, and we know it's sometimes hard to get to games in November uh, and sometimes in December when, when so many other things are coming to a close and youth sports are going on and we still have football going on. But now, uh, you know, now that CFP National Championships on Monday, kind of college football gets thrown behind, that's when p- a lot of emphasis nationally really starts focusing on women's and men's college basketball. And we know that the local community will be no different. So uh, a whole slew of games here in January, February, and a little bit in March for uh, – both men's and women's basketball to come out to the Yangling Center, and I hope everyone will do that because we're, we're both teams are uh, you know striving for AAC titles, and that takes and requires home field advantage, home court advantage, and a great atmosphere. And we expect and know our Bulls fans will support our teams. And I know we we had a past episode talking about college football playoff expansion and how it affects USF, and that's a great thing. I'm telling you right now, <laughs> the, the the last weekend showed a that anybody can beat anybody and be just add more anything resembling the, the, that round to uh, expand oh, yeah. the playoff. It would be a pretty good deal. Oh, incredible games. And uh, kudos also to uh, our American yes. Athletic Association champion Tulane for, uh, you know, winning that huge game in the Cotton Bowl to beat USC. Again, just shows the abilities of our, our conference and, and the strength of our conference. And as we mentioned before, the – when the CFP expands, uh, what the American champion would have been the representative in that playoff six out of the first eight years of this playoff. And, and then when you think about teams performing well like Houston when they beat uh, uh, Florida State back a couple of years ago, now you think about Tulane beating USC, it's mm-hmm. kind of proving that uh, uh, you know, our, our league develops great great competitive champions and, and uh it's exciting, so kudos to them. And and even in this era of so much transferring and, and a lot of things that are new dynamics at, at play, it still also shows that uh, while everyone has to be com- compete in that space, the NIL space, the transfer space, but a lot of great stories out there when you think about Tulane going from a two-win season sure. last year to winning the conference championship and winning the Cotton Bowl. You think of a five-win team like TCU who had to make a coaching change last year, and now they've turned around and got all the way to the national championship game. And uh, even Duke, uh, who I think won two games a year before, made a coaching change and had a uh, eight-win season and, and to beat UCF in the uh, military bowl. So, again, it, it just shows that uh, a lot of things can change quickly when you can add transfer talent, when you have teams that are dedicated to each other and really play well together. So 
uh, help helping us provide a, a blueprint and a and a proof that uh, we can get it done as well and that we can do it right here in the American. I liked all those examples you just gave. Uh, talking about the American Athletic Conference, when we get into spring sports, which I was just sort of mapping things out for play-by-play -play on USF Bulls Unlimited, that's going to be here before you know it. Incredible schedule, especially for softball, but also as the, the opportunities during the regular season are there, uh, at the end of things, a lot of the championships, the conference championships, are going to be right here. Uh, could you uh, sort of run them down and talk about what went into them? I'm sure some are predetermined, but then maybe USF tries to actually bid for some of them. How does it work? Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that because I think, uh, you know, as you start to plan out your, your spring for as in terms of our fans, there's a lot of great things that uh, you can look forward to, and you're right. Uh, looking at both our baseball and our softball schedule, just to name a few of our spring sports, has some really amazing games coming to coming here to campus. I hope uh, hope everyone will take a look at GoUSFBulls.com for all the schedules for our spring sports in terms of uh, uh, everything that's going on. But when you also look at the end of these respective spring sports schedules and where the conference championship is, uh, we've been very aggressive in in having the ability to host these games. Uh, obviously, when you host a championship, it, I think it's good for the community. It brings people to the Tampa Bay area. It helps us p establish ourselves as a great teammate of Team Tampa Bay to, again, bring bring great events here for our, our citizenry to enjoy. Um, but ultimately, it also helps support our student-athletes, give them, in my opinion, the very best uh, opportunity to win championships. And that's why our staff here is so agreeable and, and appreciative and willing to go the extra yard because it, let's face it when you host a championship it is a lot of extra work but when you know it can help us maybe have that much more of a chance to win and and uh, that's what what we're trying to do put our student athletes in the very best situation possible so this while we always tend to host one or two championships right. it seems like this is unprecedented in terms of what we've got we've got we're gonna first off we'll host the women's golf championship up in uh, Brooksville at, uh, at Southern Hills. Uh, that's on April 17th through 19th, so that'll be a good opportunity. That venue has hosted the men's championship in recent years, right. and the women had been it's beautiful, up in way. North Carolina, so now the women have a chance to play on that course, which will be awesome. Uh, the men's golf championship will be that same week, but on April 21st to 23rd, and that's going to be over at the Pelican Club there in Bel Air. Um, so that's an amazing course for the men to play on, and our guys get a chance to play there a little bit, so that, uh, again, should be an opportunity for them to be successful. Um, softball, we're going to host right here at, at, U at USF. And that one came about, again, it is somewhat competitive and has good somewhat of rotation, but with some of the teams that are leaving the um, American, uh, they were going to be hosting, and that, that kind of gives them, they lose that opportunity when they elect to go elsewhere. So uh, we're able to host that. And since we host so many Great tournaments all the time here at USF Softball Stadium, and we'll, again, uh, once again here in February and March, this gives us a, a great chance to try to bring back the crown here for uh, uh, for our softball team. So we're excited to be able to host the American uh, Championship. That same weekend here on campus, uh, we'll also host, uh, as we did a couple years ago, the uh, American Outdoor Track Championship at the track stadium. And that's Same weekend. That's May 12th wow. through 14th. So uh, we've got about 200 staff members here at USF, and, <laughs> and they may have different job responsibilities normally, but we'll all be doing something. It might be... Uh, it might be moving hurdles, and it might be uh, selling concessions at the softball championship, but we're going to figure it out. Yeah. But uh, that'll be awesome to have both of the of them have a chance during that weekend. So that's, again, May 12th through the 14th for the track championship. And then, as we've had in the last couple of years, the baseball tournament for the American is, again, coming back to uh, uh, to Clearwater, and, and in conjunction with the conference staff, we'll, we'll, we'll be the host institution for that May 23rd through 28th over there at the Phillies Complex. But... Uh, that's just speaking as it relates to American championships, and that's this spring. 
And then another cool thing that's happening next fall, because um, I bet you a lot of people during our break from the podcast also, I hope, watched the NSA Volleyball Championships that took place. Watched a lot of Let me tell you, uh, I forget where we were. might have been Fort Worth, but Jose Fernandez, and we, we were staying up watching that stuff. It was it was just great. Yeah. It's phenomenal. Yeah, elite, uh, elite performances. That's a great championship, and we're so honored that we'll be able to host it so that next year it'll be at Emily Arena. We'll be the host institution, so we'll be proud to do that. So from December 14th through 16th of 2023, the NSA Volleyball Final Four will, will be right here in, in, uh, in Tampa. And, uh, again, along with that, it creates a huge opportunity for uh, USF Volleyball. And, again, uh, that's going to probably create an opportunity as some early season opponents that are going to come in that will be a part of help Team Tampa Bay and the Tampa Bay Sports Commission kind of get ready for that to have both an event down at uh, Amelie Arena and also here at the Angling Center that we can uh, will be a part of and can play some very uh, prominent uh, national programs. So more information that coming, but that's just another byproduct of uh, being able to host some of these championships. And interestingly, even though we're the host institution for that NCAA volleyball transfer, we're not technically the host institution for this, but another cool tournament that Team Tampa Bay is bringing into here this spring is the Frozen Four for Ice Hockey National Championships here at Amelie this 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 spring as Can well. Can I guess who the host is? <laughs> is it, <laughs> Please is it, do. Is it still Alabama Huntsville? Uh, no, I no. think it's actually now Wisconsin, <laughs> actually. Well, okay, right so around the corner. Yeah, the yeah. Badgers, uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, <laughs> the very nearby Badgers are, are the host institution <laughs> since we don't host the uh, the sport, unfortunately, as a varsity sport but here. That's but that's a but huge we'll event. Oh, it's awesome. And, and our staff will, will be involved, and we're glad to help, but it's uh, another cool thing. So, 2023 is not only a year, it's, it's a year that we aspire for a lot of championships for the Bulls themselves, but uh, it's certainly going to be a year of it in terms of hosting it, and, and I'm just excited that the way we can support our, again, support our kids with the best opportunity to try to bring, to keep that trophy right here in town, don't have to ship it back anywhere. Now, it's not conference tournament, it's not Final Four, but we also have to throw this out there that the way things have been, been going so far, if they keep going in the right direction for women's basketball, they could be hosting an NCAA tournament round or two. I know the setup is different, but the first couple rounds are, are the same as far as you got 16 regional hosts. Can I ask you, is that something where it's just strictly decided by the committee, uh, top 16 teams, or is there also maybe for some of the schools that are right on that border a bidding process as well where it might come down to facilities yeah, or other stuff? Yeah, it really stuff? could come down to availability. So okay. you're right. So in the, in the men's um, basketball championship side that those sites are all predetermined right. so if we're fortunate enough to have success there that would lead to one of those those sites and the women's side early on it, it goes to uh, uh, you know some sites of, of folks that are participating early on and so we have uh, we'll certainly submit that we've got those dates uh, blocked off at the yeah. angling center and, and so uh, if we continue to perform well that's something we want to uh, try to be in position for so yeah another thing to kind of keep 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 an eye on we would be you know we've had that chance uh, i think few times before or at least once before but it would be great to uh, have that opportunity once again no doubt about it so uh long story short with all these opportunities uh you don't want to wait until the conference tournaments get here you want to go ahead and watch some of these teams baseball softball can't wait for it tennis is going to start pretty soon as well track and field as you mentioned uh so i guess in general the way to support the student athletes Get your tickets. What else? <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Anytime you can watch us, become familiar with us, and, and help us uh, when, when, when we get to that get to that point. But uh, you know, I, I as we kind of round up this this edition, and, and certainly want to wish everybody a happy new year and uh, so much excitement when you think about a brand new sparkling building that we have with the uh, Porter Indoor Porter Family Indoor Performance Facility, and then now 
uh, being able to chance to showcase all of our USF facilities and, and the nearby facilities in terms of the championships we're hosting. Uh, just so much to, to be proud of here as a, as a USF bull. And uh, just wish everybody well. And again, as I often say, and we'll probably s continue to say every chance I get, I mean, the best way to continue to support is everyone always asks when I'm around town, how can I help? We know we've got challenges and we want to make things as, as best we possibly can. And it really comes down to as simple as buy tickets. <laughs> Watch us on ESPN Plus because some of our games are on there. Become familiar with us. Join the Bulls Club and whatever whatever you're able to do. Yeah, obviously, there's so many different levels, both in our annual fund and obviously with capital projects to be able to support uh, us philanthropically. So uh, become members of the Bulls Club. Encourage friends and family to do the same. Sure. And then ultimately in this new era, it's uh, and also look for ways to support if, if working directly with student athletes is something that interests you. You know, in this name in this era of name, image, and likeness, there are ways that you can support student athletes directly. You do that directly through the annual fund and through the Bulls Club as well, because that does allow us to provide the scholarship and all the other support that they get. But in terms of direct advertising and promotional opportunities, um, you know, whether it's through the Fowler Avenue Collective or whether it's through direct uh, directly through the uh, the student athletes themselves, there's new opportunities in the horizon. So. Uh, buying tickets, joining the Bulls Club, and finding ways to support our student-athletes in their various uh, name, image, and likeness uh, endeavors is what we need. And uh, that's the modern realities of college sports. And uh, we appreciate uh, everyone adjusting to that, learning that, and, and supporting the Bulls any way possible. Well, there's a couple other questions I can't ask, but I don't have to wait another month. Hopefully we can uh, come back maybe next week and uh, do another episode. We're going to come back next week because we'll talk more about the grand opening next week. And then next week is also... I travel to the NCA convention where there will be a lot of different uh, rules and legislation that's passed that's going to, again, continue to improve uh, the student-athlete experience that uh, we'll certainly be able to talk to. So a special NCA convention edition <laughs> of the uh, of the Bull Speed Ahead podcast next week. All right, mark it down. Thank you all for listening. Thank you to Michael Kelly. And this has been Bull Speed Ahead presented by Tampa General Hospital.